Growing up, I had to take a lot of vitamins. I think at one point I counted nine. Uh, it got so good that I could swallow them all at once. Uh, my mom got into Shackley even before I was adopted. It was her downfall. I later asked my mom how we could afford vitamins since they're not cheap. Her response was that vitamins were a lot cheaper than going to the doctor. It's true, we rarely went to see the doctor. So none of us kids lied to taking our vitamins, obviously. Um, and so my brother somehow figured out some way to fake uh, taking them. At one point, my mother found a bunch of vitamins under the bush in front of the house. My brother got in trouble, and my mom got a lot wiser in the ways of naughty children. With all the vitamins it was getting, the bush should have been the healthiest bush in the neighborhood. <laughs> but it still was just an average bush. Which is unlike the bush that we hear in the first reading. The first thing we hear about an extraordinary bush. Moses out tending the flock of his father-in-law. He comes to Horeb, the mountain of God. This is also known as Mount Sinai. There Moses sees a bush that is on fire, but not being consumed. It is not being burned up. Moses walks over to get a closer look at this extraordinary bush that is on fire, but not burning up. The Lord calls Moses by name. Moses responds, Here I am. God tells Moses he is on holy ground and thus must take off his sandals. I don't know, are Crocs still a thing? I own Birkenstocks in my life but never Crocs. They just look uncomfortable. God tells Moses that he is the God of our fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses hides his face because it was believed that one would die if they looked at God. If you remember your biblical history, you would remember that Jacob is also known as Israel. Jacob had 12 sons, which became the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of the Jewish people. Remember the brothers hated Joseph so much, they sold him and then told their father Joseph had died in an animal attack. Joseph eventually ends up in Egypt and becomes the second in command after the Pharaoh. Joseph, with the help of God, predicts the seven years of famine, so they are able to grow, store up grain during the seven years before the crop, while the crops were plentiful. During the famine, Jacob and his other eleven sons come to live in Egypt because of Joseph. However, Joseph eventually dies and is forgotten. The descendants of Jacob became quite numerous, so much so that the Egyptians made them slaves because they were afraid of the descendants of Jacob. So 400 years later, God shows up and tells Moses that God is going to answer their prayers for deliverance and lead them out of Egypt back to the land that God had promised Abraham. The land that Jacob and his twelve sons lived in 400 years prior, before they had moved to Egypt. A land that God describes as good and spacious, a land flowing with milk and honey. Did they do anything to deserve the misery of being slaves? Not especially. As I mentioned two weeks ago, 400 years is a long time. There are probably many generations that wondered where God was. Some of them wondered what they had done to deserve such suffering at the hands of the Egyptians for so long. Now the Israelites, the descendants of Jacob, were fallen human beings just like the rest of us. They sinned, but they probably didn't do anything in particular to deserve the hard life of slavery 
other than to be born at the wrong time and in the wrong place. Now it was believed in biblical times that if you were suffering, you must have angered the gods. This was believed across many generations, or many different religions. If you read Greek or Roman mythology, you see this belief come up quite often. This is why the book of Job is so important. The book of Job shows that sometimes bad things happen to good people. It shows that sometimes God allows bad things to happen to good people. Why Job, when Job asked God why he allowed bad things to happen to him, despite the fact that Job did nothing wrong, God basically answers him with he God, he, that God is God and not Job. God's ways are not always understandable from our finite point of view. This is kind of the answer Jesus gives in the Gospel from Luke. Jesus is asked about some Galileans whose blood Pilate mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. Pilate, the foreign Roman governor of Jerusalem at the time of Jesus, had some Galileans slaughtered who had come to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices at the temple. We don't know why Pilate uh, attacked and killed these Galileans, but to kill these people in the temple, the holiest of all places for the Jews, was political barbarity and sacrilege of the highest order. Jesus brings up another incident, a tower that fell randomly uh, and killed 18 people. Jesus asked if those 18 people were more sinful than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem. Jesus answers his own question, says, by no means. Jesus goes on to say, just as he did about the Galileans, but I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. So basically, Jesus is saying there are three reasons why one might experience pain and suffering. One, because of the sins and evil actions of others. Two, because of natural causes. Things that uh, no one caused to happen, I suppose, like a tornado. Three, as consequences of our own sins and evil actions. So Jesus is saying what happened to the Galileans was type one. Uh, that it was because of someone other, some other people's evil action. Uh, namely on a part of, uh, the, of, uh, of Pilate. Um, and so they couldn't control the, uh, what they had suffered at the hands of Pilate. If they didn't stop sinning, uh, but Jesus does that, if they don't stop sinning, they might uh, suffer as well. And then the people of the Galileans uh, suffered because of reason too, uh, because of natural causes or unforeseen causes. But again, Jesus says if they don't stop sinning, they too might suffer because of reason three, because of their own actions and uh, sins. So again, we can't uh, control when we suffer because of reasons one and two. We cannot control when we suffer at the hands of others or because of natural events. But we can control when we suffer due to our own sins and evil actions. So if we are suffering because of reasons one and two, if we are suffering because of the actions of someone else, because of something that happened that was beyond anyone's control, as hard as it is, Thank God for the gift of suffering. Suffering seems to be the surest path to holiness on this side of heaven. Now if you are suffering because of reason three, if you are suffering because of your own sinful actions, then change your ways. It is time to stop sinning. 
And it's time to repent and change your ways. And if it is a mortal sin, it would be good to repent, to go to confession, to change your ways before you die and perish before, uh, before spending in eternity in hell. Sometimes it can be a little of each. Like if someone takes, uh, takes in a drug addict uh, sibling and gives them money to try and help them, but then wonders why their life is so off because their sibling is bringing bad people around to the house and now neither of them have enough money to live because the sibling is using the money to buy drugs. It is hard, but in cases like this, you have to kick the sibling out. They aren't going to change until they want to, until they are forced to. And they need professional help, help that you can't offer. And you giving them the money they need for food, that you need for food is not only not, it's not only feeding their drug addiction, but it's causing you not to be able to feed yourself. Now I'm not saying don't help people, obviously we should, we're called to. But sometimes the help someone needs is beyond our resources and abilities. It is then that we need to entrust them to God and to others who can help them. Sometimes we deserve suffering, often we, often we don't. The suffering we experience due to others and natural causes, offer it up. Offer it up for the salvation of others through the cross of Christ. The suffering we do deserve, the suffering we do experience because of our own sins, repent and change our ways. Say sorry to those we have hurt, go to confession. For we do not have to perish, God doesn't want us to perish. But God also leads us to our own free will. God wants us to produce good fruit, just like the fig tree. Often suffering can clarify what we need to do to produce better fruit for the kingdom of God. This week, ask God why you are suffering the things you are suffering in your life. If it is because of reason one and two, allow this suffering to help you draw closer to Christ on the cross and to the suffering of others. If you are suffering because of reason three, repent and change your ways. Vitamins help fortify our bodies against diseases. How we react to suffering, how we invite God's grace into our suffering, can fortify our souls against sin. Suffering doesn't always make sense, but we can always use it to grow in a holiness, to grow closer to God.